Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord. And others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message to listen to the latest stories and to leave a comment. Well, it's Tuesday, and I guess this is safe to say because it's true. Look what the wind blew in. <laughs> Good morning, Dr. History. Oh, it is cold out there today. Ooh. You know, I know you don't get up real early in the morning. Well, why should I? I don't have to milk cows anymore. Well, I'll tell you what. When I stepped outside this morning at quarter to four, oh, oh. oh that'll put a little drain on your system, I'll, I'll tell you that. I'll bet. How's everything with you? Good, good. We've got some people I want to thank okay go okay. ahead uh, i want to thank anna and she has some suggestions but zeb have you ever been over to thermopolis wyoming yes so yes. we got an invitation you and i really from jackie in thermopolis wyoming on august 14th they are doing a special historical thing they have an actual photograph that's been authenticated of Sundance, the Sundance Kid and Etta Place in their museum. They are going to bring that out for a showing. They're also going to have a speaker from True West Magazine. And Jackie has invited you and I to go over there on August 14th and stay in the Thermopolis Hotel or whatever. The, really? For free. And I looked at my calendar, and I'm going to be gone. Oh, no. But I wrote back and said, Jackie, I want to come over there because it's not yes. that far from Cody and Jackson Hole. No. So I am going to try to get over there, and I don't know how your and schedule. And that's on a Saturday. Yeah, I'm August free. 14th. I'm free on that day. Oh, she would love to have you. I'm so. Now that I'm not rodeoing anymore, I mean, I've got some freedom to enjoy some of these yeah. things like this. Well, stay in contact yeah. with her. Okay. So now, also, uh, Gus, 10-year-old Gus from Jacksonville, Texas. Didn't you talk about him one no, time? No, that was another young man. Oh, I see. This is uh, Gus, and he asked me to do a show on hats. Now, I'll tell you what, Gus, if you're listening, that is a doggone good subject to talk about. And that's what we're going to talk about today. 
We're going to talk about hats. Yeah. So uh, I want to thank Gus, and this show is dedicated to you. So, Zeb, just to go back, we have invitations now to go to uh, over to Lake Tahoe. There's some people there that want to give us a tour of Virginia City, Nevada. Oh, now that I would like. There's a guy named Ken in Sacramento that has invited us over to give a a tour of Sutter's Fort and Sutter's Mill. Holy smokes. And then Jackie over in Thermopolis. So we've got some invitations to go do some visits. Hold on a second. Deanne, pack my suit. Case. <laughs> I'd love to. So, Gus, here is your story. Cowboy hats and coonskin caps. You know, I'm really interested in what you're going to say here. Okay, because I, yeah, because you're a dyed-in-the-wool cowboy well, hat you wearer. Know, i got to tell you that at one time when I was really going hard, yeah. I, 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 this might sound like I'm bragging, but I just had a, a great supply. I had over... 56 hats. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, that's about 50 more than I've got. <laughs> so, so, and you, I know you've heard of these uh, hats and stuff, but uh, the boss of the Plains hat was what influenced the modern cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. Now, before John Batterson Stetson had appeared and created his signature hat, most of the cowboys from the American Plains wore hats designed for other purposes. Now, the boss of the Plains hat was a light and efficient hat, streamlined to be durable, waterproof, and elegant. Stetson was aware that coonskin caps, sea captain hats, straw hats, and wool derbies that were often used by hardworking men were not really practical out in the West. Yeah. And that's why he tried to produce a better, long-lasting hat. And this is John Stetson. Uh, yeah, John okay. Batterson right. Stetson. Yep. So his new creation, the boss of the planes, was waterproof. It had a high crown and a wide, stiff brim. The high crown keeps the top of the head well insulated from the sun, while the brim protects the neck, the face, and shoulders from sun and rain. Right. The underside of the hat was equipped with a sweatband and lining, and the early models of the hat just had a natural color. There wasn't a whole bunch of different colors. Was it a beaver? We'll get to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Stetson's biggest problem was making the hat water resistant. So he tried various materials. At the end, he decided, just what you said, the beaver felt works best for the boss of the planes. Now, this is kind of interesting. It takes about 42 beaver belly pelts are used in a single high-quality Stetson hat. I didn't know so that. So the belly of the of the pelt is what was used Now, there. are they all kind of intertwined or laced well, together? Well, I don't know how they put those together. Oh. I, I don't know how they sew them together. Yeah. But anyway, the insulation was so good that the hat could be used as a bucket if needed. And one of Stetson's ads shows a cowboy giving water to his horse in the crown of his hat. You've seen that picture. With the price of good hats being about <laughs> seven to 800 bucks. I'm not You're water not and stinger, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. no. Uh, so this was obviously a perfect design for those who spent a lot of time outdoors. And as one satisfied customer said, quote, it kept the sun off your eyes and neck. It was just like an umbrella. It gave you a bucket to water your horse and a cup, the brim, to water yourself. And it made a heck of a fan, which you, uh, when you need it to fan a fire or to to herd cows, you know, to take it off and uh, yell at the Doc, cows. what year, primarily, uh, was the initial year that J.B. Stetson uh, started um, his hat I think hat I'll company. get to that here. I think okay. the year's in here somewhere. Okay. I'll, I think I'll get to that. So, anyway, besides its practicality, a well-kept and clean boss of the plains hat was also regarded as a status symbol back in those days. <clears throat> 
Stetson's original design remained unchanged for almost 20 years. During that time, most of the hats were worn with open crowns and didn't have a crease. Yeah, kind of like the old Haas hat. Sam, quit getting ahead of me here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) You're taking my thunder. I I won't say another word. I apologize. Okay. All right. Here we go. Anyway, as times passed and people used the hat in different professions and regions, like any other accessories, certain customizations began to appear. Most of the changes probably came naturally because, for example, the prolonged use often made the crown dented, you know, taking it off and on, setting it on the ground. Now, those dents were later deliberately done by the owner. Uh, people also started to roll or curve the brim in a certain way, and some also started putting decorations on the hat. Uh, soon, the imperfections became a kind of a signature, a symbol by which you could identify people and the place or ranch where they came from. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd never heard that, that well, certain now, ranches... I can tell you that when you look at cowboys like that young man, Gus, is from Texas... Uh-huh. Most of the Texas cowboys, real cowboys that work out on ranches, have their hat shaped more like a taco on oh, their head. Okay. And you get up here in the northwest and everything, and the brims were always a lot lower. Yeah, and, and flatter, yes. I think. Yeah. So, you know, soon some of these modifications started to get manufactured by the hat companies. The first launched on the market was called the Carlsbad Crease. Really? And it was named after the style worn in Carlsbad, New Mexico. Now, another one was called the Montana Peak, and it was inspired by the Mexican sombrero, and it had four dents, which actually came from handling the top of the hat. Yeah. So, now, celebrities like Buffalo Bill promoted the cowboy, and the Wild West culture also started to use Stetson's hats. <clears throat> he had a custom wide brim design that he used to wear during his Wild West shows, and the boss of the Plains virtually was unchanged. Here's the years, Eb, since 1865. So it, That's when the boss of the Plains started? Yeah. I see. Uh-huh. So it became the symbol of the American West and the cowboy culture. So this design, along with his name, Stetson, which everybody recognizes, also closely related, related to today's uh, cowboy hat. Now... Uh, this is kind of interesting. The durability and the water resistance of the original Stetson obtained some additional publicity in 1912 when the battleship USS Maine was raised from Havana Harbor, where it had sunk in 1898. A Stetson hat was found in the wreck, which had been submerged in seawater for 14 years. Oh, my. The hat had been exposed to the mud, the ooze, the plant growth. However, the hat was cleaned off and appeared to be just fine. No kidding. After 14 years. Ooh. In, uh, in, uh, Things have changed as far as quality is concerned. <laughs> I think so. Now, you've heard the term 10-gallon hat. Yeah, I have. Absolutely. Uh, some cowboy hats have been called the 10-gallon hat. Now, the term came to use about 1925, and there's some theories on how that came about. And like a lot of history, these are some theories. Here's some ideas, okay? One theory is that the term 10-gallon is a corruption of the Spanish word, and I'm going to use my really good Spanish here. Here we go. (laughs) The word 10-gallon, 10 T-A-N, galan, something like that, which loosely translates. You really love it when I slaughter that, don't you? So that translates as, quote, really handsome or, quote, so fine. So, for example, 
the Spanish term un sombrero tangalan translates as, quote, such a fine hat. You did pretty well. That wasn't too bad. No, I was impressed. As a matter of fact, uh, not really impressed, but I was impressed. (laughs) Another theory, okay, is that the term 10-gallon is a corruption of the Spanish term gallon, which means galoon. (laughs) You're going to dig yourself a hole. I know, I know. Okay, it's a type of narrow braided trim around the crown of the hat, possibly a style adapted by Spanish cowboys. I see. Now, we're going to go a little further. When Texas cowboys misunderstood the word gallon or gallon, the popular, though incorrect, legend may have been born. The term 10-gallon did not originally refer to the holding capacity of the hat, but to the width of a Mexican sombrero hat band. I see. And is more closely related to this unit of measurement by the Spanish than to how much water the hat could actually hold. Oh. So. Okay. So I know what your next question is going to be. You do? (laughs) I do. Okay. The Stetson Hat Company boasted that the tight weave of most Stetson hats made them sufficiently waterproof to be used as a bucket. Early print advertising by Stetson showed a cowboy giving his horse a drink of water from his hat. But the Stetson Company notes that a 10-gallon hat only holds three quarts. I, as a matter of fact, have that original poster. Oh, do you? Yeah, it's upstairs. So not even one gallon. I knew you were going to ask if it held a gallon, but it only holds three quarts. Can you imagine somebody with a real 10-gallon hat? (laughs) You couldn't lift it. That's right. So here's what an ad in the magazine said, quote, uh, and this is after people started driving back in the early 1900s. Yeah. says, however, if you wish to wear a cowboy hat while driving, then you must make sure it is properly fitted on your head. It is not advisable to wear an oversized cowboy hat while driving to avoid any unforeseen circumstances. If while driving the wind is making the hat not stay in one place, you can use a stampede string yep. to hold the hat while you drive. With all the wind we've had this spring, I do have a hat on the back porch with stampede strings. Okay, so so a stampede string, folks, is just a string that goes underneath your yeah, chin yeah. to hold the hat in place. Yeah. So anyway, you know, the cowboy hat defines the wearer. See, the Mexican vaqueros, they used to have stampede strings on all their uh, sombreros. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that makes sense. You know, it really does. But, you know, a 19th century cowboy priced his Old West hat above all things with good reason. It was often worth a month or two of wages, and it was very expensive. The cowboy likely spent hours personalizing the hat with creases to the crown and molding the brim, and it was his hat. Absolutely. And no two looked alike. An old uh, West cowboy would go to heck and back to retrieve... That's what it says on the script, doesn't it? To heck and back Uh. to retrieve (laughs) a misplaced cowboy hat, and it was never farther than an arm's length away. Yep. Now... Up until the turn of the 20th century, most cowboy hats were sold in mail-order catalogs. And in those days, if the local haberdasher didn't have the hat you wanted, he likely had a catalog so you could order what you wanted. Let me ask you a quick question. I know you want to get through this, but when they ordered a hat like that via the mail, the sizing, how did they know for sure it was going to fit? You know, that's a good question because, you know, now we have, you know, five and six eights, five and seven eights, whatever. So... I don't know. I know when I was a kid, I used to take newspaper and roll it up and put it in the 
the hat band inside so it would stay on my head yeah. if it was too big. But the first cowboy hats were all made from 100% beaver fur felt, natural and undyed, and of course, worth their weight in gold to a working cowboy. Now, the Montgomery catalog, Ward Catalog of 1872 was the first to offer a, quote, Western sombrero for sale to the public. And like our open crown cowboy hat, the Captain Call, most hats were shipped with uncreased crowns and little shape to the brim. Manufacturers knew that most cowboys would personalize the hat themselves, so they shipped unfinished. And here's where you come in, Zeb. Remember Haas yep. from Bonanza and that big old hat of his? And that was the most authentic Old West hat of any on that you show. You mentioned Captain Call, and maybe you're not aware of it, but that uh, hat, remember from Lonesome Dove? Okay. Remember Captain Call on Lonesome Dove wore that black hat with the flat brim and the round crown? Okay. Yeah, that's what they were referring to. That's what to. the Captain Call yep. is. Yeah, yep. I wondered if that, yep. uh, what that was. Yep. So let's move on to coonskin caps. I know we've only got a few minutes left here. But uh, as one of the most recognizable pieces of apparel that sprung out of the American frontier. A dead varmint on your head? <laughs> it, is, it isn't surprising that coonskin caps originated actually as part of traditional Native American costume. From the Indians. Yeah. yeah. So what is surprising is how their image developed. Now, in reality, coonskin caps were never widely worn really? by Americans in the 18th and 19th century. So this image of the frontiersman with a coonskin cap was just, it was false. It was a stereotype. Now, everybody always thinks of Daniel Boone. And Davy right? Crockett. And Davy Crockett. And his name is the first to come to mind when we think of coonskin caps. He himself never wore them. Really? He thought they were too uncivilized and favored the wide-brimmed felt hats that were popular with the Quakers. And they stunk, too. I be, I'll bet. They, I read a book where the guy complained that they stunk they like stink. crazy. So anyway, according to legend, the cat became associated with Daniel Boone when a respected actor, a guy named Lo, Noah Ludlow, wore one while he was portraying Boone in a Wild West show thinking that the coonskin cap made him look really rough and tough. Really? That's where it started. Now, Davy Crockett, you mentioned, didn't generally wear coonskin caps either. But as a shrewd politician, he was known to put one on once in a while in an effort to capitalize on his frontier image while campaigning for office. Even the pictures of Lewis and Clark decked out in their buckskins and coonskin caps, yeah. that is misleading. Uh, although they did turn to buckskin clothing as their uniforms wore out during their two-and-a-half-year uh, expedition across the continent, neither of them ever made a habit of wearing coonskin what, caps. What was the hat made out of back in the early 1820s, etc.? Was it beaver or was it some other material? Uh, I, I don't really know. I When they say coonskin cap, I assume... Well, no, not coonskin, oh, but I'm oh. talking about the regular wide-brimmed hats. Oh, well... Originally, they were uh, beaver. I see. Beaver. So, I don't know what else they might have used. If uh, you know, besides beaver, uh, felt maybe of some kind. That's what I was wondering. Yeah, but one famous American actually did wear the coonskin cap, and he was a most legendary entrepreneur inventor. Benjamin Franklin. Really? <laughs> now, he often wore a coonskin 
coonskin cap while he went to Europe. Uh, the irony is that Franklin was a, a gentleman who didn't spend any time on the frontier, but he, uh, on his voyage to France, he wore a coonskin cap on his balding head to keep it warm. No kidding. So, but he actually continued to wear it in uh, France and Europe, and some of the fashionable ladies adored him, and they began wearing their hair in a Franklin style, like a coonskin Oh, cap. my. So, but uh, anyway, uh, so the great-great-great-great-grandson of Daniel Boone said, quote, my father, Daniel Boone, always despised the raccoon fur caps and did not wear one himself, as he always had a hat. Daniel Boone did not wear a coonskin cap. He wore a wide-brimmed felt, now, there we go, there you felt, go. or beaver hat, like the Quaker-style hats worn by the men in Pennsylvania. And logically, if you think about it, if you're out in the woods hunting, you know, a coonskin uh, cap is not going to shade the sun. It's not going to keep the water off your face if you're uh, shooting a deer or an elk or something looking down the, yeah. the barrel of your gun. So here's where they think part of it came from, that there's a pen and an ink illustration of Daniel Boone uh, from a book called Daniel Boone and the Hunters of Kentucky, written in 1854, and the illustrator had a picture uh, of uh, of Daniel Boone with uh, a coonskin cap. So that is possibly where the whole thing originated. So it was all maybe an exaggeration. Right. No, right. I'll be darned. So, uh, folks, I hate to bust your, burst your bubble, but uh, yeah. coonskin caps were, you know, and when we were kids, you know, I thought it'd be cool to have a coonskin cap you know i had one when i was a little boy you know that davy crockett deal oh, was yeah. big you know davy crockett yeah. daniel boone man yeah. we all wanted to yeah. be like him so but anyhow uh i know we're almost out of time but do you have anything that tells about how the hat evolved the, the western hat from like the cattle drives all the way up to modern day times i do not but i you know i've noticed and you have too probably uh, as you watch the national finals rodeos uh that even in the last 50 years, the shape of the hats oh, yeah. have changed yeah. a lot. And uh, personally, I kind of prefer the old style myself. When uh, you say old me. style, what are you referring well, to? Well, back when you and I were young. <laughs> well, you know, I uh, I wear hats for a living. It's my job. It's part of my career. I like your hats. And uh, I've got a wide assortment of really good beaver hats and also some good straw hats. I never have really had a liking to quote-unquote straw hats because uh, some hats don't fit well. And straw right. hats, the shape of my head, they never stayed on real well and, and I'd, I'd rather wear a good uh beaver or felt hat and, and isn't would. there a number like five or oh eight they or go they go something? i've got one in the other room i'm not bragging please don't take this wrong but i've got a hundred x which is a premier hat okay and I they, they go up kind of the x's signify the quality of the beaver of the, the hat itself and, and, the hat. and the way it's made yes yeah. okay yeah. well that's so gus my good friend i hope that's what you wanted to hear and uh and, uh, and thanks don't for the suggestion. touch my hat. <laughs> don't touch it. You know, that is something you will always be in a circumstance where somebody's going to be the town clown and they want to touch your hat or put it on their head. And I'll guarantee you, bloody noses and black <laughs> eyes will be prevailing. 
Well, I yeah, they were they were prized about, about as much as the horse. Don't touch my hat. Don't touch my hat. Ever. <laughs> hey, by the way, now that we've done this, and Gus, if you're listening, God bless you and thank you. We ought to do one on boots. Good idea. Because I'll yeah. tell you, there's quite an evolution of the boots. You are right. That's a, that's a great suggestion. Let's do that. Okay, I'll see what I can All come right. up with on that. I hate to say it, but I'm out of time. I know it, Zeb. God bless you, man. Thank you. You have a good day. Thank you. I will. Dr. History, always a blessing to have on the program.